Yo, yo, yo. Good morning, Nashville. Good morning, Nashville. Peace to the city and peace to the planet. Man, Nashville, we're excited again to bring you guys a new episode, new season, Nashville, new season of the Black Man Ventu podcast. Nashville, have you heard a Black Man Vent today? Want to thank you guys again for tuning in. My name is Jonathan Davis. I go by Junebo. Nashville, my name is Leon Davis Jr. I go by L Dog, and we're Thankful to see another Monday morning, man, and we're not even going to hold you long on this one, dude, because this is going to be a good one because we're getting into being what it takes for a black man to be a father, and I think we're going to have some real good conversations this month. So with that being said, keep it moving. Keep it moving, Nashville, and move right along with us in our fatherhood season, Nashville. Fatherhood is what we'll be talking about throughout the month of June on the Black Man Venture Podcast. You guys will hear different black men of uh, different ages and just different backgrounds vent about fatherhood, Nashville. And again, we want to thank you guys for joining us in this new season. Um, our special guest right after this sponsorship segment break, he's going to come in and, and we really didn't even want to make the intro long mm-hmm. because the content is surely Man. going to be oh, a great, change. great way to start our season being fatherhood on the Black Man Ventu podcast. Again, Nashville, the body mass index of fatherhood and a black man with our special guest coming right after this sponsorship segment break. Nashville, thank you for tuning in this Monday morning. Have you heard a black man vent today? And just like that, Nashville, just like that, man, we're back. We're back. Good morning to you guys again. Monday morning, Nashville. New season, man. New yeah, season yeah, with the Black yeah. Man Ventu Podcast. We are super excited that we have stepped into the new month and new season with you guys. Nashville, have you heard a Black Man Vent today, man? On today's episode, today's season, uh, we're getting into fatherhood. Fatherhood on the Black Man Ventu Podcast. This is the body mass index of fatherhood in a black man with our special guest today, man, and, and Pops, I don't know about you, man, but again, I'm excited just to get this yeah, new season I'm going. Excited, yeah, yeah. Nashville, let's get into it, man. Uh, going to introduce to you guys today's guest for the first episode of the Body Mass Index of Fatherhood in a Black Man. Yes, sir. We got our guy, our good friend, Reverend Doctor. He has so many different, uh, uh, I, I, so many different names, Nashville. But but just a good friend in my eyes and my dad's eyes. Again, the Reverend Doctor James Douglas Clay. He was born in Chicago, Illinois. Attended Chicago public schools until moving to Detroit, Michigan in 1981, mm-hmm. and graduated from Samuel C. Mumford High School. Nashville. He also enlisted in the United States Army and served for four and a half years. Yes, he has worked. For Fortune 500 corporations, inclusive of ADT, AT&T, Comcast, DirecTV, and Time Warner. During his years in Detroit, he confessed Christ at the Hartford Memorial Baptist Church. After returning from military service, he joined the New Covenant Missionary Baptist Church in Chicago and acknowledged his call to ministry in February 2005. In August 2005, he relocated to Nashville, Tennessee, and united with our fellow church, the St. James Missionary Baptist Church, and was ordained in November 2009. A graduate in Nashville of the American Baptist College in Nashville, Tennessee, with a Bachelor's of Arts in Bible the- Theology, he earned his Master's of Christian Education, Master's of Divinity, and most recently, 
Doctor of Ministry degree from Hosanna Bible College in Durham, North Carolina. Yeah. Acknowledging his call to the gospel ministry in 2005, God continued using him as his servant, calling him to the pastor of the Victory Ministry, excuse me, Victory Missionary Baptist Church of Chicago mm -hmm. in November 2009, where he served faithfully until May of 2013. Next, we're moving right along on Sunday, June 30th of 2013, Reverend Clay was elected the pastor of the New Visions Baptist yes, Church of yes, Nashville, Tennessee. Yes, a believer in denominational work, Pastor Clay additionally serves as the, mo as the moderator of the Stones River District Association. He additionally previously served as vice president of the Pastors and Ministers Division of the Middle Region of the Tennessee Baptist Missionary and Educational State Convention of the National Baptist Convention of USA. Pastor Clay is also employed by the Davidson County Sheriff's Department, where he serves as chaplain. He is uh, married with two kids, and he is also an initiate of the Omega Lambda Lambda chapter of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. Mm -hmm. I do not blame this man for the decision he made, but 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 y'all know why I stand on this podcast <laughs> with, with, with Greek life. But I love, love this good man in front yeah. of me, and I'm so yeah. glad to have him on the Black Men Into podcast this morning. Nashville, again, without further ado, presenting to some and introducing to others, my good friend, my good brother, Reverend Dr. Pastor James Clay. Brother, how you doing this morning? Man, I'm doing well. Doing phenomenal, if you really want to know. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, sir. It's a good day in the neighborhood, as they say. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. Yes, yeah. sir, man. Yeah, we are. Uh, just again, yeah, we're, we're finna talk over yeah, each other. Yeah. We're so, so excited to have him. Go ahead, Pop. No, I just want to say, man, I'm excited to have this brother on, man, because he's a brother in Christ, man, and we went to American Baptist together and started yes. early in the ministry together, man, and then he moved on to different areas, and I moved on to different areas, but we've always found a way to stay connected, man. I praise God for that, man, and uh, like he said, we just excited to have this brother on, man, but... uh just excited to have clay on because we go way back man you know they say way back like two flats on a cadillac that's how we go back man you know what i'm saying so we go back like that man but it's just how our families have intertwined together man and we got a chance to even speak with his wife not his wife but his daughter and his uh, son this morning before we started this uh, podcast, man. I'm just thankful to God for that to just watch their maturation, man, and watch them grow, man. And right. first question I want to just bounce off you, Rail, man, is uh, how are you able or were you able as a father to balance the time, man, with spending time with your children, mm -hmm. wife, and all the other areas that you were involved in and keep that balance, man? How were you able to do that, man? Man, Reverend Davis, it's... Uh... When it's all said and done, it's nothing but God. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Coming out of ABC, when we, graduated, we were there at American Baptist mm -hmm. College, uh, I started uh, commuting to Chicago. Mm -hmm. for First, I was commuting for AT&T for a year. Uh, went up there and launched U-verse, the sales operation with U-verse. Mm -hmm. uh, launched it in Detroit first and then Chicago. Mm -hmm. And then uh, came back to Nashville to launch here and came back in 08 mm -hmm. it launched in 08 started working here um setting the, uh, the groundwork for the launch i think we launched in nine but in nine you recall i ended up uh, uh accepting the task of founding uh the victory missionary Baptist yes sir Church in chicago mm -hmm. yep, i remember and that's when i left st james mm -hmm. and um at the time that i started that I was actually actively a student in American Baptist mm -hmm. College with a full course load 
uh, never took less than five classes in a semester. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, my responsibilities at AT AT&T took me to uh, Nashville, Chattanooga, Knoxville, Louisville, and Memphis. Mm -hmm. So I was was often gone during the week. In addition to that, uh, I was gone on weekends because I was pastoring up there. Exactly. I remember, man. So I was gone. So in the midst of all that. But here's the... The thing a lot of people don't know, I still made probably more than 90% of my kids sport events because they both, Jamise was playing softball mm-hmm. and basketball, mm-hmm. and then James was playing baseball, football, mm-hmm. baseball, and basketball. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I even had time to coach James two years mm-hmm. uh, in the midst of that in basketball. So yeah. uh, it, it was nothing but God that I was able to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we always say, you know, what he brings you to he'll actually bring you through. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, Yeah, man. You know, so in saying all that, man, when you say what you just said and we think about ourselves as men sometimes, we got to stop having these excuses, man. We just got to stop doing that, man. We got to stop doing that. And, you know, especially we we on the Black Men Venture, so we talking about these black fathers, man, that try to find sometimes different excuses why we're not there. Mm -hmm. But you made it a point to be there, man. Right. And, that, and that's what I try to do even with my sons, man, is just be there, man. I remember my father-in-law telling me this story one time that when his father died, we was at the homegoing celebration, man. And I asked him, man, because I was a young father. Uh, Jonathan was just, he had about one or two years old at that time. And, and my, fa- my, my father-in-law's father had died, so we was there. And I asked him, I said, if you learned anything from your father, what does it take for me? What do I need to know so that I can be a good father? He said, the one thing that I remember about my daddy is that he was at home every night. Mm-hmm. And that was simple. Right. And the simple fact was that he felt secure. He knew his daddy was there, his male role model, his male mm-hmm. figure. And you could count on this dude, dependability. Man, sometimes that's all kids needs is, is, is presence ministry, man. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Just be there. So we as black fathers, man, we got to learn. That's important as a father. Regardless of your, your relationship with the with the mother, the mistress, right. whatever the case may be, you got to find a way, Daddy, to be there, man. So what would you say to that, Real? I would say that when it's all said and done, it's always a matter where there's a will, there'll always be a way. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I know we're blessed to have fathers in our lives and every black father has didn't have a father in their life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but again where there's a will there's a way mm-hmm. uh people say well i didn't know because i didn't have but you never went to school before but you did well there because <laughs> you chose to actually do what's necessary to become successful mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so again where there's a will there's always a way mm-hmm. I-, I would tell anyone yeah it- it's easier to become a, a-, a decent father if you emulate the father you have you see a, a- mm. you see somebody who models fatherhood to you right but then i know of so many people who didn't have oh, they weren't afforded the blessing of having that father in yes, their sir. life mm-hmm. yes but they sir. went on to become great fathers anyway that's right that's uh, right and it comes down to just having a desire mm. um I, I think we all agree that children didn't ask to be here mm-hmm. and uh, and i'm thankful mm-hmm. that god blessed me i'm not the person at 58 now that I was uh, when I got married and I definitely wasn't the person uh, before I got married that I was once I got married <laughs> yeah, 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 because yeah, I, yeah. I was I was ignorant until I was <laughs> 30 and, yeah. and I got married at 32. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> I always tell my wife she's blessed because you know she caught me when I was slowing down. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was that dog yeah. who 
who came in off the streets and, and walked up on the porch, closed the fence back up, and went and put the lease on his neck <laughs> yeah, and yeah. tied it to the doorknob and laid on the porch. Right? Yeah. You know? But, but uh, that's when, when we got together. That's where she yeah, found said, me. Said that's where uh, you was at. Yeah, I was at, at that point. I said, yeah. now she had caught me when I was still roaming them streets. Yeah. 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 Man, the streets. <laughs> it, 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 you know, uh, it, it been different. Actually, uh, she did. Uh, yeah. She met me at the latter part, but that's we were just friends for years. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and so we God. weren't serious at the time. Right. Uh, but yeah, when I got serious, when we got serious, I was that person. Look, I, I was back. I, I put myself on the porch. Yeah. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so she got yeah. a, she got a, it, it worked out well, but yeah, but, but yeah. looking at this, we have to want for our children what we either had, if not more, or what we didn't have. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. One of the things, particularly with my son, it's easy as father. My kids were born two years apart on the same day, so mm -hmm. it's easy for me to tell Jamise, who I call Princess, it's easy for me to mm -hmm. say, you know, baby, baby, and I love you and all that. Mm -hmm. I said, but. I found that I needed to do the same with James mm. as, as, a, as a male, as a male, uh -huh. because mm -hmm. see, we have this stigmatism being a male. We know Come we're on. told as little boys, Jamise will fall down. Baby, you all right. And then no, I'm ready to call the national guard in yeah. yeah. sister. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. James fall down. Well, you better get up. You ain't hurt. Mm -hmm. But he hurt just like she hurt. When Come she on, failed. Real. So Come I, on, I was caught and can't cognizant of that. So even hearing me say, I love you. So, I came from a family. We weren't that lovey-dovey. You know, we were definitely, mm -hmm. for those who are older, you know, we weren't the Cleavers. Mm -hmm. You know, the mm -hmm. Leave it the Beaver family. We weren't that family. Man, right? I know you're and, right. And, and so we didn't, wasn't that love, love, love thing wasn't voiced uh, pretty much very seldom. Mm -hmm. It was there, but it just wasn't voiced. Mm -hmm. But here's, the, for me, I made it a point to incorporate it in my kids, particularly my daughter gets it automatically because she's my daughter. Right, right. But my son it's harder for us as males to look at our sons as needing that but i realized that he needed to hear the same thing that mm -hmm. she heard yeah. because they're both my children mm -hmm. yeah. and True. truth be told so many males are scarred mm. because they never heard that somebody loves them wow man they were told in the midst that they hurt to get over it instead of dealing with the hurt mm -hmm. and so they carry hurt yes. down the road many times they're carrying that extra baggage of the pain and, and, and all the anxiety that they've had in life because mm -hmm. it was never dealt with because mm -hmm. they were told they had to move beyond it mm -hmm. you know you don't mm -hmm. hurt you a man get up and all that but wow. guess what men hurt too men yeah. hurt too and, and, and so yeah. i look at it as just being able to communicate to them so they know that they on par mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm, I don't yeah. love Jamise any more than I love James. I don't love James any more than I love Jamise. Mm -hmm. Our relationships are somewhat different. Mm -hmm. uh, Jamise is always going to play up to daddy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's times I hear her talking to her mother. I'm saying, got to be another child. <laughs> you know, that's the same child talking to me. And then I have the blessing with my son. Yeah. He'll come and tell me everything. Yeah, you know, yeah. Tell me about little chicks and you know, and, yeah. and little you know, little hotties and yeah. how you dealing with them, and yeah. I give them a little advice here and there. But you know, mm -hmm. we that's different relationships. But I want them both to know their love. Yeah, yeah. man, man, yeah. that is so important, man. So important. I think it's cool, man, that that you know, um, what you said, you know, uh, Pastor Clay, is that there's a sense of balance yes. that you have, man. And and one thing you said that in the older generation, you guys knew that the love was there. Mm -hmm. In this newer generation, we gotta hear it. We right. gotta see That's it. So true. Mm -hmm. We gotta feel it. Mm -hmm. It's gotta be tangible. It's gotta right. be noticed. Mm -hmm. What can you say, man? That that even in that statement are other bigger differences 
from a older generation form of fatherhood and a younger generation because um in in the next as the podcast world knows in the next probably week or two two or three i have my baby boy i gotta be here um and i just 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 for me what can you say is the biggest difference that you're seeing in the terms of the presence of knowing that love is there from an older fatherhood generation and then actually the newer fatherhood generation wanted to see feel kind of touch what 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 are the biggest differences in that in just the fatherhood uh aura well well coming up i would say that one of the most noticeable differences is is the fact that and fathers that were uh and your dad and mine and leon's and i generation our fathers they were the strong silent types man you know they went to work Mm -hmm. come home Yeah, uh, I remember wow. my dad would come home from work. My mother wow. had dinner ready mm-hmm. and brought it to him to the dining room table on a on a silver tray. Come on, man! You know, uh, brought it and, and that kind of thing. But it was um uh, in that generation, it was our mo- the, our mothers were the ones that really interfaced with us, interacted, and, right. uh, and so forth. Right. And, and so now we see that uh, there's a need for more interaction. Mm-hmm. So a strong, silent type then to now the more engaged interactive parent true, now true and and, and then you, you look at how things were uh were done back in those days uh it was do as i say mm. yeah and as simple as that yeah and that was from both father and mother mm-hmm. right you know right do as i say mm-hmm. now we've come good bad or indifferent we come to a point where uh young people and children are more expressive they're allowed to do see uh, uh, Leon and I would have never uh, stopped in mama's conversation and joined the conversation. Come yeah. on, man. See, in our yeah. day, uh, if mama was talking with another adult, then short of the house being on fire or being robbed, you didn't interrupt that conversation. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, if mama was on the phone Come on now. talking to Miss Mabel down the street mm-hmm. and you came through the room, you didn't even hesitate as you walked through the room. You mm-hmm. kept, because you know you the last thing you wanted to do have mama look up at you, yeah. you know? because in those days, yeah. you know, it, 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 you know, they say that, you know, it's bad. I know Dr. Spock came along and said you shouldn't whip your children and all those kind of things. But we had parents that tore you off back then, man. Uh, with whatever they got in their hands, yeah. uh, you know, all this old get a belt, get a belt. That was a good day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leon, you recall back in, back when we were growing up, everybody at their house they had what was called the bubble glass ashtray. Mm-hmm. They, they, the big old yeah. little bubbles like. Uh, a glass made into the ashtray right. weighed about five, seven, ten pounds. Yeah, and, and my mother was a baseball fan. She could throw that joke with the best of them, and she was accurate. Uh, I, I can remember as a kid, I can remember my mother told me one time I did something. Yeah, and she said, "Come on here, so I can knock you out your head." And I said, "Then I thought to myself, that ain't sound right." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope you got your sneaks on, because right. right. today is gonna be that day. You have to. You if you get me yeah. right now, yeah. Yeah. you gonna have to do some work yeah <laughs> gonna be labor intensive right. around this joint yeah. not my eye out my head yeah, right? yeah that ain't Cyclops sound. or something yeah. Yeah. So, it was a different day then yeah man uh, that's it, true truly a different that's day true. in regards that's to true, how parenting man. was done yeah but yeah. again most of it was do as i say and your parents had it was just ironclad uh there's pros and cons we realize to both mm-hmm. yeah true yes, but now we're in a totally different day mm-hmm. yeah. and so in this mm-hmm. day you know people yeah. are young people are looking to have parents that are engaged that actually engage right. them right One of the things that we would have never have heard was what do you want to do 
Dude, that, never. It was going to happen. You didn't. You didn't have an option, man. Option. Yeah. you were told. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is bottom line. This is this, do this, and that was it. Mm-hmm. But now we have generations that is, generations that have come, and they're uh, allowed to to actually uh, uh, to give input into whatever it is, mm-hmm. and, and, and so that's a great thing um, that they can get input. Mm-hmm. Again, pros and cons to everything. Right, right, right. But but with regards to it, I see that's such a different. Uh, mechanism in place now because mm-hmm. that was not in the old days. It, it was not you uh, are, are included in the discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, growing up, if grown folks were talking, yeah, that was grown folks' business. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. and, and if you if you lingered too long when grown folks were talking, mm-hmm. well, you know, you blessed to have your teeth. In man, cases, I know you know, you're right. You get straight blast. I know you're yeah. right. <laughs> you I know, know you're right. Uh, <laughs> but that's how it was. But now, children. Now, now here's the negative side as I see it. I see children involved in adult conversations they should never be involved in. Yeah, true. I see parents talking to their children and telling them about their adult business. Mm -hmm. And and, and I Mm -hmm. think that that, that's negative. And I think that causes uh, problems to actually ensue because you're including children who who don't have the capacity to think through what you're telling them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're exposing them things. I'm a firm believer. Mm -hmm. Let children be children as long as they can. As long as they can, bro. Life has a way of toughening kids up. Mm -hmm. And and it's going to change, you know, perspectives and understandings, but let the child be a child as long. So so that's one of the things we were allowed to be children Mm -hmm. and stay in the child's place. Mm -hmm. But now we see children who are put on the expedited road to becoming a, a adult mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. particularly our little girls you know mm-hmm. it's already that society looks at our black kids and see them as being adults from day one right mm-hmm. you know they, they're look, seen perceived to be older and, and everything mm-hmm. but in many cases because why are we putting sexually suggested clothing mm-hmm. on our daughters in particular mm-hmm. yeah. come yeah. on man you know yeah. to the point that yeah. you know uh, they are seen for their body before anybody ever knows they have a mind yeah and, and yeah. why do we put yeah. emphasis and this is younger generation why do we put emphasis on things mm-hmm. children can't read but if you tell them go get your adidas or get your nikes or, or, or get your chuck tellers or whatever mm-hmm. they can go get the name brand mm-hmm. yeah. yeah because yeah, yeah. that's another yeah. difference is growing up in yeah. our generation uh, things. I mean, I we had we had we had you know we had play clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You came home. You came home from school. Oh, you take all your church clothes, yeah. dog. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, yeah, what you yeah. wore to school. Yeah, yeah. Had to come off. Yes, sir. And then you yeah. might have had some pants that actually had a patch on the knee. Or something. That's right. But but you had play clothes. But now it's an emphasis on things. So you have people. Here's an example right here. Uh, when our kids were born, we bought clothes, and I tell everybody I had the means, but. We shopped in Walmart, Kmart, mm-hmm. you know, Target was like upscale mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we recognized that, you know, kids grow out of clothes quickly. Mm-hmm. In right. addition to that, we bought clothes that were larger so they can grow into yeah, them. Yeah, man. But now we see a younger generation, they got to buy, everything has to be named brand. Man, come everything on, man. is the fit right now as yeah, if the kid yeah, don't man. grow. And anybody who's a parent knows for the, for, I mean, for until they get to be late teens, they growing. Mm-hmm. So why why buy stuff? I mean, now shoes would be in a, a difference. Mm-hmm. You right. got to get the right size shoe. Right. Maybe you might look up and get a half size too big, get <laughs> yeah. a little, a little yeah. wiggle room, right? Yeah. Right. But but when it comes to clothing, particularly when they're infants and what have you, 
why are you buying name brand stuff first mm-hmm. of all no, you know but that's what the the the, the, the younger generation mm-hmm. sees that's totally different than what used to be mm-hmm. most definitely mm-hmm. most definitely mm-hmm. well i just just hearing you talk man what is the biggest difference between the environment that you raise a black child in versus the words that a black child will hear in that environment well so growing up you had people growing up in the projects but they didn't have the projects in them Mm, my point and and, and so even though they were there Mm -hmm. it was because the people who inhabited the projects in many cases were working people Mm -hmm. particularly in our community Mm -hmm. you know that's Mm -hmm. where you know you had working people Mm -hmm. and a matter of fact when my parents they uh, had moved in stateway garden project in chicago when they first opened, they moved because they looked at it was looked upon as being a come up. It was a great thing that yeah. as it was touted. Right. They only lived right. there a year. Okay. Uh, okay. Because they found you can't put people in 17 story buildings on top of one another and not have foolishness to right. ensue. So they moved out of there after a year. But initially it was touted as the latest, greatest thing. And, and my father being a work, uh, he worked and my mother stayed at home mom. But they had the means to, not to be there. But they went there because they were told it was going to be the greatest thing ever happened. Mm-hmm. Right. And we know the social experiment that was constructed Come utilizing on, our communities mm-hmm. when you put uh, what we call low income housing. But mm-hmm. back in the day, it was the project. Right. 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 And, exactly. And so right. you see that right there. But the people went about it and had a different perception. And, and so they also didn't do their dirt in front of their children. Come, see, come on, you can't you, mm. you can't tell a come child on, not to on. do something mm. when they're looking at you doing it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cigarette yeah. smoker. Now I used to smoke cigarettes mm-hmm. uh, all the way up until 1988. I got military. The reason I stopped actually Rep, is because I got a new car and I was riding with the window open and my sunroof open and and, and, and something came off the cigarette oh, and, and burned a little hole seat. in my seat. Oh, and, and my vanity <laughs> told me, "Well, that's it." Yeah. 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 The black community looked at things then even if you didn't have much uh you still presented yourself different mm-hmm. and now we in a, in a time where people do whatever right in front of their children yeah man you know yeah man. uh yeah. i can remember don't, don't get me wrong back then they had card parties Mm-hmm. You know, oh yeah. Take it, take, take it. Oh yeah. Take, take yeah, I'm back. You recall? Now they had car party, but with their beer, they put the napkin around the oh, beer to get goodness. the condensation. Yes, right. Right. Oh, see, yes, see, you don't know about that. Yes, but that, that, yeah. Yeah. And they, they playing that, you know, they playing them grown folk music too. Oh, playing grown folk. Yeah, yeah, playing grown folk. Let your music. knees hit the ground. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Let me get it right. Let your knees hit the floor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah playing that grown folk music, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Don't think that's you said. And that's one of the things children they congregate in that situation. Not the only way that you know the car party mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Chicago, these have car parties in Detroit. It was basement parties because everybody had basement in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Everybody had a bar put in their basement mm-hmm. and they entertained people in the basement. So that was a big thing. Mm-hmm. But those parties as a child, the only way you even saw what was going on, if the food was in the area. And they will give you a moment to come down and get something. Get a plate. Yeah. And and then Uh you got to get it. That's right. You know, you got to go back. You weren't allowed. 
yeah. to participate in that. You know, now nationally as Kyle, you know, you hear all the stuff going on, music bumping, people mm-hmm. playing, yeah. had the card games. Don't think that the card games were going on the same way they are now. People talk trash. trash. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I can still remember you sitting there playing. They used to go signs, right? You know, you do like this, and that was fade, right? Yeah. You, you rub your heart. That was hard, right? Yeah. You rub your, your ring finger, that meant diamonds, yeah. right? You put your hand down like yeah. that, that club, right? Yeah, that's so, <laughs> So, man, you know, you know, told the secret, man. You were supposed to do that, man. That's funny. But, but you they had, you know, they had everything going that they shouldn't do very things that wow. you're doing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we got a little bit more time left in this segment, but I'm going to hit this. What you just said is so true, and, and you reiterate something that me and my wife said they'd never do. My sons have been, this one, he's been grown for a minute now. He's going to be 27 this year. My other son's 20. But I told myself, regardless of what I used to do in the past, and even what I do now, sometimes if I decide to do something like engage in some type of activity, I think it's going to be detrimental to my child. I still don't do that, nothing in front mm-hmm. of them, man. And even to the point, like you just said, I never felt comfortable, I never will feel comfortable engaging in drinking a beer with my son or having a yak with him. No, man, mm-hmm. that dude, that just, that's just something we don't do. But I've seen it happen. But oh, like yeah. you said, but you close down the boundaries on some of the respect level, man. And then when they go to a certain place with you, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, then you want to bring them back. Well, now they feel like they're on the same level with you, though. You know yeah, what I'm saying? When you and lose at the that. end of the day, I'm always going to be Jonathan's father. Right. He's always going to be my son, regardless. Just like I, my dad was always my dad, and I was always his child. I respected that to the day he stopped breathing. So that being said, it's a respect thing, man, when it goes along with being a father, but also the respect that you're trying to, put, you know, to to show them the example that that's what they need to do once they become father. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like this. If you don't, even if you don't respect the person, respect the office. That's right. It's some. That's it's, right. it's a lot of presidents that mm-hmm. I don't respect them as right. a person, but yeah, I still respected the office, man. Right. You know office what I'm saying? So that's what. So respect the office of fatherhood, but the father had to hold that office as being something to be respected. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I think one of the big things that we have to understand is that, uh, you know, as, as we, as our children uh, age up and become older. The relationship is always evolving. Yes. And, yes. you know, the relationship as an infant and then as a toddler and then as a preschooler and mm-hmm. then as elementary schooler in the middle school, mm-hmm. particularly if we're talking about our sons in middle school, mm-hmm. they start changing somewhat. And then in high school, it's incumbent upon us. One of the things I, as a father, I made it a point to do is that from the time they hit middle school, if they came to me with a problem, I didn't solve their problem for them. Mm-hmm. I'll ask them first. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think we can do? Mm-hmm. Because I, I tell, I always train, I, I want my kids to be critical thinkers. Mm-hmm. I want mm-hmm. you to think about that. Mm-hmm. And, and so in, in thinking about it, I want you to be able to walk through and go, okay, this is the issue. This is what's causing the issue. Mm-hmm. This is some of the systemic things that stem from the issue. But here's the bigger thing. What can I do about the issue? Mm-hmm. he was becoming older 
he's a teenager and then he got to, you know, beyond 16. And I really start allowing him to understand some things because I want him to think I'm perfect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I want him to know I have my thallus and I, I, I'm, I have frailty, uh, frailties also, right? Exactly. So, you know, I've exactly. made mistakes along the way. And I think that's another thing. And maybe yeah, I know man. we got to wind down, the, but maybe yeah, that's something no, come ahead, back to. Go ahead, man. The Talk sharing real. of our, uh, the things that have cost us, you know, dearly in our lives. So true. Right? So, uh, like yes, Leon, my, I, 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 to the day he died, he was daddy. My father was daddy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He wasn't Fred. Mm -hmm, he yeah. wasn't Pops. Yeah, he man. wasn't, you know, man. And mm -hmm. he was daddy. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't even shorten it to dad. He was mm -hmm. my daddy. Mm -hmm. Daddy does daddy that. That's yeah. how I refer mm -hmm. because he earned that. Yes. But the reason he earned it because he has shown me that even though he didn't communicate love to yeah. me, he showed me what love was yeah. uh, through actions. Yes, yes sir. sir. Yes, sir. Through his actions because... Mm -hmm. Even though he didn't say I love you, the fact that I had clothes in the closet, food in the refrigerator. Come on now. Uh, getting, I had money to go to the show and all those Come things that we did back then. Yes, that was demonstrative, but demonstrative of the fact that he was, he loved me. Yeah, yeah man. And so, yeah, man. And I think so. One of the things I do with James, I've told him over and over again, I don't want him to be like me. That's why I didn't name him Junior. He's James the mm -hmm. second. Come on now. Uh, mm -hmm. I want him to be better than me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and so I, Come I, on, I, I push that all the time. Yes. Well, he and his sister, I always tell them now, the thing is, now that I got my doctorate, I tell them, I said, who going to meet me at the doctor level? <laughs> right. You know, right. Yeah. That? Right. You know, uh, must I sit on the throne by myself? Exactly. Exactly. And that's a motivator, yeah. though, yeah, man. You know, yeah, man. Trying man. To position. So, yes, sir. She wants to be a doctor of physical therapy. So, yes, she's going to do that. So, James is uh, in his MBA, would be, I think, this gets his undergrad's MBA. Mm -hmm. And then an MBA, he can he can look for a doctor of business, a few, few slants for him. It's going to mm -hmm. be harder for him. But Jamise is already saying she'll be there. Mm -hmm. so I'm going to see you. I'm going to see you. Yeah, yeah. she got a clear yeah. track. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, and so it, yeah. it's funny, but setting the mold, but sharing. I think one of the greatest things is is that when I was in school and working mm. everything, mm. they had a chance to see me. When working through our undergrads mm -hmm. at American Baptist College, yes, sir. They knew when they if I was in my home office mm. that they couldn't talk to me if I was in there doing something unless it was something urgent. Mm -hmm. But I would be in there doing schoolwork. You know, but, I had my books. That was back before everything got electronics. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah, I got had yeah. my books out. I got, yeah. I got right. 13 books on the table. That's right. That's you know, right. You know, and I'm looking at something on the screen and yeah. I'm trying to figure it out and I'm sitting there scratching my head. What is this thought here? Yeah. And, and uh -huh. so going through all that. But I, the beauty of it is they had a, they had a chance to see it, mm -hmm. yeah. even though they didn't understand it. Now they can look back and understand it. Yeah. But at the time, and I think about James because he, he being the younger of the two, he knew he couldn't talk to me, but he made my office. Like when I was going back and forth to airports, mm -hmm. I was always getting them airplanes, different airlines, right? Mm -hmm. So you had all these little airplanes that rolled around on the ground. Mm -hmm. So he made, uh, I believe my office was Midway Airport. Mm -hmm. I can't admit Will BMA, BNA, mm -hmm. one or the other. Mm -hmm. But he had, so he used to park his plane diagonally, his plane with, uh, in front of my desk. Yeah. Yeah. He couldn't talk with me, but he wanted to be around me. Man, yeah. praise and God. And so he that. would be there. Yeah. And then Jamise would come here and there. She would come in. He used to chase her away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so I think the family room was I think the bonus room was O'Hare and family room whichever one BMA or Midway anyway he would come yeah. in there and play yeah but I allowed him I wanted him I used to I used to marvel at my, my one of my sad things that I never took a picture of him playing mm -hmm. while I was doing that because mm -hmm. that, that was something that you know now I look back on it 
and that was major. Yeah, yeah man. man, very major. Because yeah, I've even seen some yeah. presidents that have done that, mm-hmm. that have their kids playing in the office and mm-hmm. stuff. And they took pictures of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah man. I think it's uh, I think it's very very good. Uh, memory that mm-hmm. needs to be captured unfortunately mm-hmm. we didn't get a chance to capture at least mm-hmm. i don't know i may go back to some some of the pictures that we used to take back you know back in the day when mm-hmm. we was taking walgreens get them developed you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. one <laughs> one might pop up man yeah you might yeah. be able to see something yeah. then so yeah yeah nashville man it has <laughs> has been such a great conversation so far uh with again pastor james douglas clay man we again want to thank you for joining the black man Ventu podcast this is the body mass index of fatherhood and a black man again with our special guest pastor clay gonna let him get some water and we are going to get right back into the venting session talking a little bit more about his family and um who in his life being his father um how he impacted him as he's went into his fatherhood role um in his life as well so again nashville have you heard a black man event today right after this segment break we'll get right back into the content are you looking for a church home are you looking for a pastor in need of spiritual guidance or just need again a good church family to be around Look no further, Nashville. Today's guest, Pastor Dr. James Douglas Clay, is the pastor of the New Vision Missionary Baptist Church. And on this next segment that you'll hear, Pastor Clay will explain and give more information about his church, all the fun things that they have to look forward to, and how you can be a part of it. So I'm coming up uh, on year nine this mm-hmm. month. Praise in the God. last Sunday this month, be nine years Praise here at God. New Vision Baptist Church, mm-hmm. located at 2830 McGavitt Pike. You wonder where that's at? If you're up at the exit where Opryland is at, if you go to the big church on the other side of Bradley Parkway, mm-hmm. we're the third door beyond that big church. Mm-hmm. That's now mm-hmm. used to be the Two Rivers Baptist Church, mm-hmm. but now it's the Catholic Pastoral Center. And so we are uh, a small congregation. Uh, that's very accommodating with regards to very, very friendly. Um, we are uh, active in, in um, doing things down the street at Two Rivers Middle School in particular, where mm-hmm. we do ministry down there. Um, believe it or not, we're up in uh, we're up in Donaldson, mm-hmm. but the vast majority of uh, students at uh, Two Rivers Middle School are bused in from the Napier area. Mm-hmm. And so we do a lot of work and, and, and we know... Uh, in many cases, uh, they have low income and don't have the trappings of things that we take for granted, mm-hmm. such as they gave me insight on something. We used to give turkeys away on Thanksgiving and Christmas to people, mm-hmm. frozen turkeys. Mm-hmm. But it was down there that I learned a person asked me, said, for that person who's living in a hotel because they don't have a home, when that person that's on the streets, what in the hell are they going to do with a frozen, with a frozen turkey? Frozen turkey. Wow. So from that point wow. on, now we give those rotisserie chickens. Out. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. You know because that's tangible. You can do something with this right now. Right now. Uh, uh-huh. And, and uh-huh. so I learned that down there, working with those kids, many of those kids don't have uh, food for the weekend because school is where they get their uh, they get their meals at, in mm-hmm. essence. And so on the weekend, they may not have. So they started a backpack program mm-hmm. where. Uh, they're given a backpack and every week they bring it back on Friday and they load it with food stuffs that they get them through the weekend. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Things man. that they eat with them. Yeah. So we 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 yeah. work with them down there uh, extensively. Um, 
wonderful again i can't say enough about the church we're uh we're need of some willing workers though mm -hmm. so for those who don't have a church home we're here we have service every sunday at 9 a.m mm -hmm. um doing some interesting in bible study um this is outside the box reverend mm -hmm. uh we're navigating this uh this 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 book that has been vilified called the 1619 project mm -hmm. and so we are going through it chapter by chapter in our bible study that's done via zoom every wednesday night at 6 30 but we go through it and we discuss what the author has brought to our attention and what it means to us but we wrap it up because we have to wrap it up by going to the word of god what does god say about these situations yeah, yeah. and so this book was came to my attention and it was vilified so much that i had you know naturally people would like to run with you know that fox news crowd they heard it's mm. bad so it got to be bad and they don't even know what it's about right, right. you know and, and so critical race theory we hear about it over and over again yeah. and you would think it's happening in middle school or high school and no that's at the academic level yes, it's sir. in your college that's right. that you may come into contact with critical race theory uh depending on your program that you are pursuing so so with that i said rather than us have to hear it and try to figure it out how about we get the books we go through it and we tie it to a bible study so that we can go through what it said and we always talk about this in our bible studies that now you ready to get mad that's how we start us mm -hmm. are you ready to get mad because you come into contact with stuff that's going to make you angry yeah but then yeah. we don't leave it leave you angry we bring you up by oh, let's go on. to the roll of the tape and that's yeah. called the bible yeah and let's see what god says about it yeah man yeah man and so that, that that's how we do it but it's twofold allow us to have, get, go through this book so we know it for ourselves so yes. we can defeat all this old uh posturing around it yes uh not from what somebody told us or what what we saw on television but for what we read with our own eyes yes, and we sir. dissected and we interpreted ourselves yes sir and yes. so we're doing that and that's one of the things we do here at new visions I, i'm that pastor that believes in getting outside the box yeah uh, i'm not trying to do the same thing the same way because guess what the same thing the same way is no longer working in so many of our churches mm -hmm. and we have to get outside matter of fact we're discussing now uh, a party that we're going to have and mm -hmm. they have members ask me how far would i go i said look i'm from chicago i believe in stuff i said so we can rent a hall Mm -hmm. And we can actually uh, invite people and, uh, and we can do that. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Because one of the misconceptions about church is that, you know, it, it's a whole lot of like, you know, 1950s Catholic school, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Where, you know, you, you had to sit round rod straight and, and, yeah. and, and, and yeah, none, yeah. if you got out of the pocket, she'd wrap yeah. your knuckles with the ruler <laughs> yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Look, you can have fun in church because oh, fun is relative. Mm -hmm. It's your definition of fun. And it's one fun. of the things I believe we've done a bad job is, is communicating just because you're saved mm -hmm. just because you've been set aside by god doesn't mean that you still can't play spades yeah yeah it doesn't mean Reverend. that you can't listen Reverend. to marvin gay yeah. yeah you know right, uh, right. make me want to holler yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> throw up both my hands sometimes right so <laughs> you yeah. know so yeah. you know them last two dollars you know i think yeah. it, it, okay it's not, gonna lose. Lose. Yeah. not gonna lose right? so, so so with that we can have fun uh, even in the church environment and I think more importantly in the church environment so yeah. we're looking to do things a little differently here at New Visions as I'm led we're doing instituting and, and so everyone's welcome again we're here every Sunday at 2830 McGavick Pike Nashville Tennessee 37214 uh, we are here at 9 a.m. for worship 
And matter of fact, we are better than our Catholic friends down the, uh, three doors down because our joke is uh, we've modified, I've modified our worship and we're getting out quicker than they do now. There you go. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. I got That's them. what really matters. I, I got them. They about to come down here. You might have just gained a couple of numbers. Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. They always said that, that, that melatonin is a part of a black church. Yeah. So the fact that y'all get out a little early, you might get some more members. 9 a.m. <laughs> I, I tell our members on a regular basis, 9 a.m., you can be the first in line at the buffet. Yeah, that's it. And just like that, man, just like that, Nashville, we're back. We're back, man. Good morning to you guys again. Monday morning, Nashville, the body mass index of fatherhood in a black man with Pastor Reverend Dr. George. I, look, I almost said, almost said I almost, called him, almost called him another name. I almost, I almost brought in my pastor. Shout out to uh, Pastor Brooks. But again, the pastor, uh, James Clay, he's with us again, gracing us uh, with his presence on the Black Man Venture podcast. Nashville, have you heard? A black man been today um off the air um we got into conversation uh with uh pastor clay about how the 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 the, the what we see is that we do not as as fathers in the older generation pastor clay don't share their experiences of their uh downfalls mm-hmm. their mistakes they don't share these type of things and i'm particularly talking about black men and uh, uh um fathers black fathers and their black sons mm-hmm. black fathers nowadays don't share their mistakes their downfalls and stuff like that with their sons what can you attest to that or say that 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 maybe if we as in the older generation if you guys started sharing more of the mistakes and the letdowns that you all had in the early fatherhood stages with the younger fathers what, do, what would you say into how if that is going on now how that may help the younger generation that is raising uh black boys today i'd say that's uh that's something that's very very significant in that um it's so easy to see things but when you don't see them you still if they were happening it could be beneficial to know about them Mm -hmm. and so as children (laughs) we see our parents and our parents are usually 20 plus years older than us Mm -hmm. we're seeing that version of our parents Mm -hmm. and we're seeing in many cases when i was born my dad was 43 years old Mm -hmm. and so i saw as i became aware and and, you know around my situation i I was situationally aware of everything Mm -hmm. Uh, my dad was older sat on the couch looking at tv Mm -hmm. right but you would never think that uh years later when i had conversation with him he told me how uh he was declined for World War II because they said he had flat feet. So he said his job was to service all the women left behind. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> that was his job and he took it serious. <laughs> so so they said, he said everybody had a job and that was his job. Uh, and, and so, and at the time I heard that I was shocked because uh-huh. again, this was the father that sat on the foot to work, came home, yeah. out, you know what I mean? That was pretty much it. Yeah. And they hear yeah. him and then over time, we you know, I, I after I went in the military and came back home, we were talking about stuff. Um, I was at his job one time. He introduced me to a, a woman that worked in the office. Mm. He said, yeah, boy, that woman right there, she thought she was going to get some. And, and all. I'm like, I looked at like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and so, but wow. here's the thing. We became, we, you know, relationships evolving over time. Mm-hmm. I'm at a different point now. Now I'm a young adult. I'm in my 20s. Mm-hmm. I'm right on my way to my mid-20s at this point. Mm-hmm. And so he's sharing some things that, 
may have been beneficial had I heard them earlier. Mm -hmm. So with my son, my son has heard so much about me whenever we're back home in Chicago or we're in Detroit, Mm -hmm. my second home. He, he has always been around people who always have these uh, in Detroit they call me Big Dog mm-hmm. and, and so he always had these Big Dog stories mm-hmm. about stuff I did back in the day when I was ignorant by mm-hmm. the way and, and so <laughs> I've come to a point and it came to a head just two years ago at Thanksgiving we mm-hmm. were at our timeshare down in Orlando mm-hmm. and uh, all the women had, and they had went shopping mm-hmm. and so it was just he and I and we started talking and I've been making a point to tell him those things because I want him to understand again I don't want him to be as good as Man, I want you to be better than me. Yes, sir. But part yes, of that is understanding where that comes from. Yeah. And so uh, here recently, he has an issue because I refer to him as a suburbanite. <laughs> a suburbanite. Because mm-hmm. their whole life, okay. with the exception of a, a very short period where we moved from Wisconsin uh, back to Chicago and we were in our rental property in the city while our new home was being uh was being uh they were finishing building it. Mm-hmm. so only a very short window of time had they actually lived in the city of any place we live and i mm. moved around a lot for my job right right and, and so i told him he was a suburbanite and he took offense with that and i said well it's not your fault mm-hmm. yeah i wanted you to be a suburbanite because i didn't want you to deal with the things that i've dealt with mm-hmm. growing up mm-hmm. so yeah. i started sharing little things yeah. with him so uh back a couple years ago for thanksgiving it was just he and i we had a conversation because mm-hmm. again he's heard a lot of, he, he sometimes asked me different things about mm-hmm. when he heard this or that so i told him my whole story i said look i said son I said, I got to be uh, 12 or so, and I started messing around, became joined, and became a member of a gang, Black Gangster Disciples. Mm-hmm. I said, the thing about when you were young and dumb and foolish is that the older guys will allow you to put all the work you're willing to put in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said, but I was saved by the grace of God. I've been arrested for murder twice. Mm-hmm. Um, not the one that I do, but nevertheless, you can be arrested for anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so... Um, I explained to him the negatives and how being a game banger got me suspended from school in Chicago, from Chicago Vocational High School, mm-hmm. got me suspended for 30 days for gang activities. And uh, it was then that I uh, I didn't have Big Mama and them down south to, to call. So I called my uncle in Detroit, my mother's only sibling. He allowed me to come. Um, his wife, my aunt by marriage, she was the James Whisperer. Mm-hmm. It was her that we had conversations that for some reason I heard her say things that everybody else had said, mm-hmm. but I never, never registered with me. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. so it was her. And I went back and I went from being involved in all this foolishness in the streets to the point that I'm now back in high I'm in high school. I'm at a different high school, but I'm now playing sports. I got there in January of 81. Mm-hmm. I made the baseball team in February of 81. Uh, that set off a whole chain, whole turn of events, but it was because I knew I needed to change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, See, it's mm-hmm. not normal to have police at your house all the time. It's come not on. normal for your parents to have to come get you. It's not normal to live that life where you're being shot at and and, and, and you're doing things that you ought not do. Right. And so I yeah. knew I was, the change started with me because I knew I needed change. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my, one of my close, close, my probably my next to the closest associate associate in Black Gangster Disciples, he became the youngest uh, person in the Illinois penal system. Wow. When he got caught for his second murder. Mm-hmm. And so the police had told he and I both, they were tired of messing with us because we were always in some foolishness. Mm-hmm. We were always into some devilment. Mm-hmm. And they told us that they were tired of messing with us. From this point on, we're not going to arrest you for anything other than murder. 
Wow. And then he popped and they came and told me, they had a white call officer by the name Officer Kowalski. I still remember his name. We <laughs> drove our neighborhood. Uh-huh. And Kowalski told me, he said, you're next. We got your friend. You're next. next. Wow. You're the smart one, though, but we're going to get you, too. Wow. And, and so uh, chain events happened. So stuff happened in school. I had nothing to do with it. I mm-hmm. ended up getting suspended because I was a member of the gang. Mm-hmm. And, they, and so that's how I ended up in Detroit. I got Detroit. Life changed. Again, I'm back. I'm playing sports. I'm on the honor roll. I'm doing all the things that I could have been doing in Chicago, but mm-hmm. I started that on the line of foolishness mm-hmm. and I didn't know, couldn't pull up. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and so it's sinking down. So that didn't end there because when I went in the military, um, yeah, I, I was still buck wild. Mm-hmm. And it was there I got into a fight with a, uh, with a white gentleman who hit me in my face. This scar I have on my face, 29 sticks, cut me through a wall of my jaw. Wow. And they said I took the fight too far because I was foolish enough to say that they asked me, what were you thinking about? I said, when he cut me, I said, yeah, that the earth wasn't big enough for both of us. <laughs> and I tried my best. I did everything I knew I had been trained to do and thought I had knew or been trained to do. Yeah. But somebody obviously was praying for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, how he's still here, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I did everything. I mm-hmm. did, did, dispatch him to the other side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, but they convicted me of it mm-hmm. and threw the book at me mm-hmm. and, and locked me up. And it's interesting that when I got locked up. I was that man uh, after I got uh, found guilty. Uh, got uh, found guilty of two charges. Mm. I knew about what a guy was doing. He was playing the paper game. He had uh, came, found another guy's checkbook and was writing checks out to an ID of a soldier that he wow. had found, but looked like him. Wow! Yeah. And so he was playing the paper <laughs> game, busting with five hundred dollars a pop. Mm. When I came across it, I told him that's bad business, mm-hmm. and I walked away. Mm-hmm. Well, lo and behold. They came back and said I had a knowledge of that, and they wanted to press me. But the real issue was the mm-hmm. fight I had, because they said I took the fight too far. They threw that in; that was just additional, <laughs> trying to throw something at the wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they found me guilty. Now get a load of this for having a knowledge. They found me guilty of conspiracy to commit larceny based upon what he was doing. And then they found me. My charge was attempted murder, and they brought it down at the time. It, they, uh, I was convicted of simple assault and battery, misdemeanor. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So they found me guilty of that. The government asked for uh, eighteen months, but the all-white jury plus one. And so your military jury the board is what it's called. Mm-hmm. On my board, I had all these members, but I had two full bull colonels. So full colonels. Mm-hmm. The long black person on my on my board was a second lieutenant. That's he, entry level, right? Mm-hmm. Just come in. Mm-hmm. He wasn't gonna go against them. I mean, but they had the numbers anyway. But they mm-hmm. found me guilty and gave me. Government asked for eighteen months. The norm was you get about half what they asked for. Well, they came back, hit me with fifty months. Mm. And, and so, uh, but here's the thing is, when you know you've been a villain for so long, mm. I got back when when they slammed that door behind me at Mannheim Army Correctional Facility. And I lay, I was sitting there thinking about everything that had happened. Matter of fact, I, I was so good with what was, I just knew I was good when I went to court. Mm. That I had this chick I was supposed to hook up that night. Mm. And I went back, I said, man, I'm missing that. I thought I was going to get that too. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know this was the night, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had been, I had, yeah. No, I had been trying to get to that right yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, my schedule had been hectic, though. Yeah, so yeah. I, you know, all them front lines and stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. So I, I had gotten a roadblock. Oh, man, yeah. man. I had one on tap. 
Yeah. yeah. And I was yeah. saying, I thought about that. But then this is the thing. I, I sat there and I thought about it. I said, you know, this has nothing to do about this situation. This is all my foolishness and my mess has finally caught up with me. Mm. And with that, mm-hmm. I laid back on my rack and I slept like a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, I know I took accountability. Yeah. I, I took ownership yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. So here's the beauty, and this is how you know God's in it. So it gave me 50 months. The norm was that once you, uh, once you, your case is disposed of, mm-hmm. you got two weeks before they ship you stateside to whatever facility. Right. Because I had, because I was sentenced to, uh, to more than two years. I was supposed to go to uh, to um, Fort Leavenworth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. legendary Fort Leavenworth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's where mm-hmm. I was supposed to go. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, we ca- and so usually within two weeks you you ship. Okay. So two weeks go by, I'm still there. Another two weeks go by, I'm still there. Yeah. And I'm starting to think now they, they're trying to bring some more charges about something else. It's something mm-hmm. keeping me here, right? And you can't get information. Why? Mm-hmm. And it culminated. Uh, they came and told me I had to go see uh, the facility commander. Who was a light? I think he was a light colonel, as we call it, light colonel, lieutenant colonel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went in to see him and I had to go see him. So I go in there and he's beat red. Mm-hmm. This joker mm-hmm. hotter than fish grease, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, I've never seen anything like this. I've never saw anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there, okay, so what's this about? So mm-hmm. he says, The commanding general wouldn't sign off on your charges. Mm-hmm. So he said, But, uh, but he said, and I've never seen anything like this before. And, and so you'll be out of here. And, and you got another two weeks. I said, oh, really? And so I was blessed. I got out. Not, I, ultimately, I ended up doing about three months mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, there before that happened. And they had to rotate, roll me back. To my unit and what they did, they 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 know they didn't want me back at the unit. Mm-hmm. So they, I had orders at the time. This all happened to go to uh, Fort Lewis, Washington, my next duty station. Mm-hmm. But they helped me up. So anyway, make a long story short, I uh, I had to do all of another two weeks, mm-hmm. and I was through and and in return and all that. So I was blessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. To yeah. get out of this. Yeah, man. Now here's the piece, and this is a sidebar. While I was in there. My only male first cousin, who was my little brother, was murdered in Detroit. Oh my goodness! And and, and that taxed me because my understanding was that when that happened to me, he was going in the military, but he had side. He had some different thoughts about the military after that happened. Wow! And and, and so he was gunned down. And that's a whole another story because when I got back there, I had uh, made up my mind. I did my investigation, uh, found out who was who and what was what. And on the day I got ready to go handle that business. I was walking out the door and my aunt said, hey, babe, I know you thinking about Gene and everything, but you just stupid enough to try to go do something about it. But let that go and let God handle it. Ooh, come on. Man. I was on my way. Come on, on man. On the Mike out the door that Mike day on the way. to go handle that business mm-hmm. on that day. Yeah, you know, yeah. slow singing and flower breaking, oh, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be yeah, mm-hmm. pushing yeah. up daisy type business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. so. Um, that stopped me. But so my son has always heard so many stories. And so we had this conversation at Thanksgiving mm-hmm. a couple years ago. And I was telling him, I gave him the whole script about gave him all, all of that, that went man. on. Gave him all of that. And how yeah. and I gave him the commentary of this what happened, but this is why it should have never happened. Mm-hmm. I came from a family with two parents. The nuclear family got a, a, a father who works, a stay-at-home mother. Mm-hmm. I'm the youngest of six. 
uh, we had everything, didn't have to go out and do stuff. I was just stupid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so I want to share with him because see, in his mind, I know he's hearing these stories and I'm starting to see things that within him. And he's thinking that he needs to bristle up about some stuff. Mm-hmm. He, he, gotta li- to he got harder. to live up to something. He got to live yeah, up to, yeah, yeah. you know, your daddy's, uh, your daddy's reputation. Your dad a boss, and, man. And, and what look, you know, do? You know, yeah. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. and, and so mm-hmm. I want to make sure that he didn't get caught in this foolishness of mm-hmm. thinking he had to be like me. Hence, mm-hmm. I want you to, I want you to be like me. I want you to be better than me. Mm-hmm. But I had to start sharing stories with him. Yeah. You know, and then that evolved to sharing stories about, you know, females and growing up and, and mm-hmm. this and that and, and how to you know dealing with that and coming up coming of age. But I'm a firm believer that we need to understand who our parents once were. Yeah. Not who they are when mm-hmm. we start, when we're able to call the role and see, mm-hmm. see them. Who, but because again, they're older now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what were they doing when they were at the same age? Mm-hmm. And so with my son, he hurt, and particularly he hurt so much. And the other thing is, I started. I, I said earlier, I had a uh, messed around, and had a uh, had a heart scare, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I started really pouring into him because I was like, you know, hey, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, I can go. Mm-hmm. But I said. It's all about trying to prepare him. So I started telling him all the time. I said, I know you think I'm hard on you. Mm -hmm. I said, but I'm preparing you for the day I won't be with you. Come on, man. Mm -hmm. And so I need you to understand some things. I need to express and show you some things. Mm -hmm. And so I always on him, you know, pushing him, pushing him, pushing him. Mm -hmm. But it was out of love because at the end of the day, the greatest thing a father can do is prepare his family. Come on, man. For the day that he won't be there. My, my, my. My daddy passed. I was 40 years old. My, my. and, and I promise you, it was hurtful, but I was able to move forward because I had saw so much from him. Mm-hmm. My uncle passed, and that was my other father. When I moved to Detroit, my uncle passed um, in 2000, so I would have been 36 mm-hmm. uh, with regards to that. But I had saw the way he operated, mm-hmm. and we had we had a more we had that funny relationship in that you know he talked and joked. And uh, he did. He he wasn't as reserved as my dad was, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and so I got a chance. Plus, he was the lottery man. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so he had lottery book. He had some stories too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, he was a lottery man. And, yeah. and so I saw something different mm-hmm. uh, with him. But nevertheless, he, he I knew I was loved because he always made us know. As a matter of fact, when I got to Detroit, one of the great things was. Is that by him having a lottery book, my cousin and I, whenever he went to make runs, everything, if we went with him, he'd give us a little payoff. Mm-hmm. So I was running around high school after I got there. I remember around high school, he's you know, old time with Leon. Yeah. He used to have a knot and have, yeah, like, have multiple rubber bands yeah. around it. So I had the junior knot. Me and yeah. my cousin had the junior knot. Yeah. And, and triple, I'm in high school. It's nothing yeah. for me to have three, five hundred dollars on. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. back in them days. Yeah. Yo, that, that, yeah. That was serious. Yeah, you loaded. Yeah. Man, yeah. you know. Matter of yeah. fact, I had bought my first leather jacket. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. in uh, mm-hmm. what's called the old Mumford High School. It was uh, we called it the back alley. Right, it was uh, a hallway back, right by the gymnasium. They called it the back alley. Mm-hmm. And um, I got my new jacket. First time I wear it to school. Leather Gandalf, you know, yeah. got the little, you know, had the little deep, uh, <laughs> yeah. my waist jacket. I had my jacket on. Yeah. And the joker pulled up on me. And said, "Check it in, Mark. Check it in." I said, "Check it in." He had a pistol in my chest. He looked at this. Check it in. I looked down. He said, "You hear me?" I said, man, either you're going to have blood or brains on it and holding this joker because I ain't coming up out of it. Yeah. <laughs> he said, man, you crazy. He laughed walking away. 
Mm-hmm. I was yeah. saying, I'm from Chicago. Yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm black gangster. It's like, what you gonna stick me up? Yeah. I'm the stick up man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, how, you, how you gonna yeah. stick the stick up yeah. man up? Yeah. 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 He didn't know, he really didn't know who, who it was. Yeah, you know, but, but with that, I, I was sharing, you know, I, I'll get back to sharing with my son these things because I need him to understand who I was. Mm-hmm. And that but, ain't the life that you want, man. I'm but, telling you about this life. But now look how life come full term mm-hmm. because then I never thought about church come on, per man. se. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then to become, to be called by God to be a preacher. Yeah, man. And then become a pastor. Come but here's, on, here's, the, here's the full circle. <laughs> and then to become a chaplain. Where? Yeah. At the jail. Mm. Tell me God was mm. not preparing you all this time, man. For a time such as this. Man, come on, man. For a time such as this. Yeah, and, and so yeah, I, I when yeah, I, I, yeah, I I'm effective yeah. in my chaplaincy because when I see the young men in particular, I see who could have very easily been me. Man, yeah. come on, brother. Yes, you yeah. know. Yeah. And, and so, but I share with my son yeah. because it's incumbent for, uh, upon us to let them know i mean what's happened has happened you know, none of us are perfect mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the worst thing True. is to hold on to stuff that could be beneficial to them because our story may stop them from making the same mistake yes, wow sir. you know wow. yeah you know yes, told my son yeah. i mean even to the point yes, i said son the reason i didn't use drugs i said i used to sit up there i've cooked up drugs Mm-hmm. It was like a science project to mm-hmm. me. I never used it because we bag it up, you know, and had guys out there the street doing they, you know, doing the work. Mm-hmm. But here's the reality: I never used them because my oldest brother came back from Vietnam, heroin addicted. Wow! And because he was the quintessential big brother, mm-hmm. I always looked at it and say, if it can get him, mm-hmm. I knew it can get me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as I was navigating my, my you know, my twenties and, and, and even my teens before that. I was navigating that. I've been in a room where everything a person can get high with has floated through the room. Yeah. But yeah. my thing was always pass me a beer. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I know my lane yeah. as it pertains to that. Yeah, man. Because if it got my brother, yeah. it can get me. Yes, sir. Yes. Sir. And so that was, so I showed my son. I said, so I've been around. I said, look, I have. I tried weed, had me paranoid. I said, I was already half crazy as a teen. <laughs> I said, so, I, I said, and, 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 and so. I was, uh, I never forget. It was yeah. this park, Perry Park, uh, uh, behind this, uh, the strip mall. Yeah. And I was at the strip mall and I was over that park and they were smoking weed and I tried weed and it had me paranoid. And again, I'm the last, well, you need to have paranoid. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm walking around at the age yeah. of 15, 16, yeah. I got a 45 fully loaded on my hip. True. Yeah. True. You know, telling everybody, telling yeah. everybody, I don't leave, it's like my American Express car. You remember commercial? Yeah. I yeah. don't leave home without it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, and, and so, so right. I never forget now it's yeah. a huge parking lot yeah. that yeah. ran behind the strip mall that was probably a block and a half in length. Uh-huh. I came from the park paranoid with my pistol in my hand, like I was Wyatt Earp or somebody, mm-hmm. right? John Wayne in the movies. Mm-hmm. But you know, police do patrol areas like mm-hmm. that, right? Mm-hmm. But I walked from there to my house. That walk was at least four and a half five blocks long mm-hmm. i walk with my pistol in my hand mm-hmm. and to this day i'm glad nobody tried to play a joke or anything because i would have lit them up yeah man because yeah. i'm looking around people looking at me with it and ain't nobody around i was all messed up yeah. I, you know, I was like smoking yeah. in, 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 in the chicken in the yeah. chicken house right? yeah. you know, <laughs> running down the street <laughs> yeah, man i'm all messed up yeah. Yeah. That, you know i tell everybody everything for everybody man. but that Dude. was that man. was the far extent of my usage because it wasn't for me right yeah. right yeah right you know? 
Yeah. Right. Uh, you yeah. Know, the psychedelic act, you know, they had, what it did to me was mm-hmm. not the way, you know, everybody yeah. else was mellow. Mm-hmm. I'm looking around like, you know, the, the weeds are looking at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And like you, know, you said, it just affected you differently, man. But I tell you what, real, it's just so, so good to hear a person that has accomplished all the things that you've been able to accomplish in life. But to heal, that was another side. Man. Oh, no, you know what? And, and for all of us, there's 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 some level of another side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except mm-hmm. for mine's were very extreme. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very extreme. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I look back on, I'm not proud of it, but I own it. Mm-hmm. Because I should have never been involved in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Part of it, though, was because my oldest brother was the proverbial legend in the neighborhood. And he was in the game Blackstone Rangers, and, and, you know, and all that. And so I never forget when uh, I came, when I came, got of age, I joined the disciples. And one of his old friends told me, say, anybody but you, little Clay, I would have never thought. But I had to know from that standpoint, I was forging my own identity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I went to, went with my brother's wow. opposition, right? Wow. Yeah. But uh, as a matter of fact, I had got so bad, my brother went to jail. And uh, they were talking about something that happened at the county. And, and, and it got to me about what they said about somebody else going to move on my brother. Mm-hmm. And, and my brother, not my brother, defend himself. But, you know, in that situation, they always send them soldiers and them soldiers go in there four or five, six deep, right? Yeah, yeah. So I had to send word down there and say, look, that's my brother. And if you move on him, I'm going to move on y'all. Mm-hmm. And that's it mm-hmm. within the same game. I mean, that, you know, I'm mm-hmm. like 16 years old. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. that's my brother. You know, blood thicker than water. That's right. And, and, and yes, so that's, that's my right. brother, you know. Mm-hmm. And if y'all roll on him, mm-hmm. look, it's gonna be look, it's gonna be a whole lot of slow singing around mm-hmm. here. I promise you that. Yes, you know, <laughs> yeah. everybody knew knew yeah. my reputation. They understood yeah. that, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. they straightened that thing out. Mm-hmm. They had a little powwow with my brother and got some things straight. You know, mm-hmm. you do your thing over there, we do our thing over here. Right, right. But, uh, but you ain't gonna roll on my brother because you do that, that's gonna unleash the beast. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And, and, and yes, so, sir. you know, but but with that sharing with my so I, I was trying to emulate my brother and, and in many ways. So lo and behold, with my son hearing those stories, yeah. I didn't want him to feel he had to try to emulate that part of my life. Right, you know? right, yeah, right. You know, because yeah. that was negative. Yeah. yeah. But it prepared me mm-hmm. for where I am at this stage of my life. Yes, sir. I- I'm thankful that God, as much as I played around and did things, I'm glad I didn't have children before I did because I would have been no good. I would have yeah. been a proverbial sperm donor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's just real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But thank God that I got you know a relationship. My wife and I, we, we knew each other for four years, and then we got serious, and mm-hmm. we got married, and then we had four going on five years mm-hmm. in our relationship before we had children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but you know, and, and that was we allowed to you know we were blessed to to lay down the foundation. But part of the foundation we laid down allows me now to be comfortable enough. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. I'm gonna share with my kids. That mm-hmm. I haven't. My son always you know and say again. I'm preparing him for day. I won't be with him. Yes. My daughter always tells me. I start talking to her. I don't want to hear that, Daddy. She want to hear about death, but death is inevitable. Yeah. Man. Real. We all got it's to leave real. here one day. Yeah. You know. So. Yes, and and, and so I, I really had to do a better job at talking to her about it, preparing her. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Because this is true. As my name is James, it's gonna be one day that's gonna say in memory of. Yeah. Come on, man. You know. Yeah. And, Come and on, so man. it's incumbent yeah. to me to try to help her with that mm-hmm. because she's tied to me in an emotional way mm-hmm. that my son is not quite there mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah daughters and their daddies yeah man mm-hmm. we like yeah, talk man. about mothers mm-hmm. and their sons but yeah, daughters man. and their daddies yeah man and, and so mm-hmm. she's tied to me in a way that uh i need to make sure that she's prepared because right. it's gonna happen yeah yeah forever yeah. yeah. it's gonna happen it's man. gonna happen it's yeah. gonna yeah. happen and, and if we do this father piece great then 
yeah, they're going to hurt when that comes. Mm-hmm. But at least they understand the process, why they don't have to worry about it. At some point, all these things will come to mind that's been, uh, you know, has been laid, the foundation that they, they've been laid and, and been set upon mm-hmm. so that, yeah, you hurt. But you don't have to hurt as much, exactly, mm-hmm. because you don't hurt as those without hope. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, come on. And, and, and so, mm-hmm. and so that's mm-hmm. part of the process of being this father, preparing for the what next. At some point, God's gonna remove me from the scene. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, you know, at some point, it's gonna be. I remember when. Yeah, yeah I remember. Man. I remember James. Exactly. I remember Pastor Clay. I remember mm-hmm. Reverend Clay. It's gonna be that. I remember. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's gonna be the conversation. But yeah. guess what? You ain't got to worry about me, and that's the great, the good news. Like, come on now, come you on know. now, mm-hmm. come on now. Uh, I, 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 you about made me dive look, in on you that. You know, the Bible, the Bible tells us we yeah. got to put this thing down so we pick up that other come thing. On now. You know, <laughs> yeah, we got to, we got to take all this, take this old flesh off, so that's we right. put on you know that which is the spiritual. So, so yeah, with yeah. that, imperishable, yeah, imperishable, yeah. incorruptible. Yeah, as yeah. King James calls yeah. it. So yes, we have to be able to do that. But being a father, allowing them to understand, it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. And as a father, and I'll, I'll leave you with this. I know time is is fleeing. Talk but, man. But here Talk it man. is. My daughter hit me with something the other day after the shooting at the school down in Texas, Yavale mm. or whatever the name of it is, mm. and the shooting in Buffalo that you know mm. that uh, harmed our people in particular. Um, she said that she was a little afraid, mm-hmm. but she goes to HBCU, mm-hmm. and what's to stop them from targeting her school? Mm. And I thought about that day. And as a father, I hurt. I hurt when I see these young people being killed. Yeah, man. I, I yes, hurt. sir. I, I, I hurt. Yes, sir. I mean, you know, uh, yes, sir. I would have never thought 10 years later after uh, Sandy Hook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That we will yeah. still be grappling still be with this, you know. Stuff, man. Uh, yeah, man. I think yeah. it's some 13 years ago with Columbine happened. Columbine. You know, and, and mm-hmm. so, yeah. you know, I would never would have thought that we would grapple with this to the point that, you know, nothing's been affected yeah. to, to stop this because yeah. of people ties to the gun lobby and the NRA, right? They're yes. afraid. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, but here's the reality mm-hmm. is that even with that, as a father, I try to alleviate that. And part of it is that it's going to be what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God is in control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And guess what? For those who believe and have confessed, your salvation is set. It's set, yes. And, and so, trying to get to understand that, but again, I've seen situations jump off fast, and I know so anything could ever happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. one thing I do know: who controls everything? Everything begins and ends with God. That's it. Everything, man. You know what I'm saying? Everything. Everything. And, and, and when man. you get to the point that you can uh, you can face tomorrow simply because uh, you know He is, mm-hmm. not that He's whatever. No, He is. Mm-hmm. Then go ahead and put whatever you need to, 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 to for Him to be. But mm-hmm. He is. He is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and once you have that understanding. Then you know that whatever comes against you that day, he's more than able. Yeah, man. To mm-hmm. overcome and deliver you from. Yeah, man. Here's flips I did. Everything that you go into, go that you deal with, is not avoidable because God has orchestrated it to be. Yeah. See, I I, I lamented somewhat about going to jail and naturally my uh, my cousin being killed while I was in jail. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Now that I go into the jail and I'm doing chaplaincy, I'm able to talk to people at a level mm-hmm. that few people can. I have people I talk to, I don't even tell them their story. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's like the young folks say, game, no game. Yeah, game, man. recognize game. Yeah, man. I've had people tell me, no, chap, you different. 
yeah, I am. I said, one day I might share with you a little bit, but you know how different I am. Uh-huh. But I see things differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a, a guy jump out the cell and he, we, we, call, we, we call it putting himself on the door. It was a Hispanic game banger. He had all these tattoos on his face. And uh, he asked to see the chaplain when uh, the officer opened the door, he jumped out of his cell, come out there and started clowning and took off his shirt like he wanted to fight. And first thing he said, call the goons, call the goons and all mm-hmm. this, right? Mm-hmm. And so I looked at him and, and, and after the fact, after it was over, the next day I had some officers said they looked at the tape and said, chap, you didn't move away from him. No, nah, man, look at blaze that boy. look i can't fight like i used to but i got two minutes of hell for whoever still at the end of two minutes you might get me now yeah. but but i still i look for two minutes you two gonna, minutes. i'm gonna give you something to think look, about look, two, minutes, two, two minutes you done had man, somebody in there buddy. man look yeah. Like I got two minutes for you. That look, yeah. it, it ain't the normal two. Yeah, that's right. Uh, cause say real, cause now there's a lot of play involved. But oh, now yeah. you go for the kill shot. Man, they don't yeah, go old school. Yeah, they go for Look, what that uh back in the day, one hit a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do look, man. They don't understand because they see us today. Yeah, exactly. Cause I got years real. and years of experience. Real. But this, yeah. you, so, but this this fellow here, real. He uh he was in the, he was in a pod with all the uh all the uh Dodge City guys uh-huh. and I never forget as this unfolded yeah uh they were all on on to my left playing cards they yeah. said the tables playing cards because they were on wreck mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and it's like it's probably it's probably about eight of them over there yeah and I, and, and so when dude when I went to the sale and saw he had all these tacks I thought about it for a second but then he jumped out and I didn't think about it anymore but in the midst of him acting the fool yeah I looked to my left and I saw all them they looked they went back to playing cards. I said, I got it. <laughs> he put it, so the term we use, he put yeah. himself on the door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, they already told him, man, you can't be up here with all that old, you know, yeah. the opposition stuff on yeah. your face. Yeah. You got to get out of here, and we going to give you to such a time to get out of here. Yeah. And if you ain't out of here, we going to deal with it. Well, yeah. he had Etsy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, he, yeah. did, he did like Snagglepuss, Etsy yeah. stage left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he had to get him out of there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He put himself on the door. Yeah. First thing he said, call the goons, call the goons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's trying to get up back. Look, they yeah. come in, you know, they call the code, they come in, take yeah. it to the floor, spray on wood and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But he was willing to go through all that. Yeah. Yeah. So that got him about it. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. he knew yeah. the clock yeah. was ticking. Yeah. 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 Well, it's a dude like, yeah, all right, what else? Yeah. 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 It's a beautiful thing, man, because these type of stories that uh, Pastor Clay has told, it, 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 it enlightens the newer generation, man. Um, on our analytics, on the Black Men Ventu podcast, the majority of our audience that listens to this show is between the ages of about 23 to 27. Mm-hmm. Um, so naturally, you know, hearing your backstories, man, it shows this. And I and I'm I'm big on um, you know, you just understanding of, of being in the moment mm-hmm. of certain things. When you make a mistake or something that you're dealing with in the past, your trauma or whatever, mm-hmm. you got three things that, that as to how I look at how mistakes should be dealt with. First, you got to accept it. Mm-hmm. Ownership. You got to accept and understand that whatever you did as a black man, if you cheated on that girl, you cheated on that girl. That's right. If you if you did that crime, you did that crime. Mm-hmm. Once you accept that, you have to you you have to essentially acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. You can accept it, but in your acceptance, you may not really really bring yourself to being in that moment. So you accept in that moment of being what that mistake was. You acknowledge it. You like okay, my name is Jonathan. I did what I did. Right. After acceptance and acknowledging, you got to apply it. You got to get out here, man, get into this younger generation of these kids, man, that don't have no no, no 
situations of moving left or right in their life no type of environment where it's, it's they're being brought up in a two-parent household or a household that has some type of sustainability right. you ha- you're running into these black boys and we running into them either in the jail cell or when we meet them and they six feet deep mm-hmm. right we gotta we gotta stop that at some point man you know mm-hmm. acceptance acknowledging and then just applying it of what the mistakes that have been made in the past, I guarantee, man, that'll be one thing that'll help the generation moving forward mm-hmm. is that they know that it's okay to F up, but how do you rebound? How do you move from there? How do you rebound that? from there? Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, man, I've enjoyed this conversation, Rev, and uh, episode, I'm pretty sure yeah. we're going to have another podcast after we oh, cut yeah. this one off, man. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, we kind of went over a little bit, but we didn't want to stop nothing that was flowing, man. Yeah, yeah, and everything yeah. that you shared with us needed to be shared, man, because yeah. in this season, man, my son says it all the time, and we'll get you to, you know, we'll get him to Close get to you that, to uh, mm-hmm. give us some other things as far as uh, presenting your, your ministry and this, that, and the third. Mm-hmm. But before I, before we cut off, I want to say this, man, is that we're always trying, and this is his slogan, I always steal it from him, but this is what we try to do with this podcast, and you have helped us with that greatly this morning, my friend, and I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. We're trying to rebrand and reframe the black man one episode at a time man and man you have helped us with that this morning my brother so much love man appreciate it man been a great episode yeah. Nashville, man we won't hold you guys long but um, again man the body mass index of fatherhood and a black man with pastor doctor again james clay man we really do appreciate you my yes, good sir. friend yes sir. nashville man if it is it is what it is it ain't what it ain't you can do what you can and you can't what you can until next week Nashville. it's a wrap black man don't get trapped